Today we are going to be dealing with the government involvement with the UFO phenomenon and if there is indeed a correlation between the two. Some feel the idea of the UFOs and government should not be in the same sentence. The very idea that our own government would take an interest in silly notions such as UFOs or possibly even aliens is crazy, right? Then on the other hand, we have those that are 100% convinced that aliens and UFOs are without a doubt real and there is a massive government cover-up. Well, after today's episode, no matter what your point of view may or may not be, you will be armed with some new facts to mull over when it comes to this particular topic. right into the UFO phenomenon and possible government involvement. But first, let's take a look at how you can support Bob. All right, you can start out by first following us on Facebook at Bob. It's B-O-B-B. Also at Twitter at Band of Beards Bro. And then uh, if you want to help us out financially, because uh, it is free to listen to us, but it does cost some money to do this, you could certainly help us out with that at Patreon dot com slash band of bearded brothers or at paypal.me slash band of bearded bros and again we want to thank you for any support you offer to us as it is much appreciated and it helps us uh continue to do what we're doing before we get started today i want to mention one of the podcasts that i am a huge fan of um, the reason i mention them is if you are strictly into ufos and aliens these are the two guys you're going to want to listen to. Not only are they entertaining, they are also going to give you facts on things and amazing hypothesis when it comes to the possibility of UFOs, aliens, and all things weird. And they're called UFO Garage Podcast. That's Ben and Joe. Both those guys are fantastic. I cannot recommend them enough. Give them a listen in a couple episodes and you're going to see why you love them as much as I do. All right, so we're just going to get right into it. But first, I would like to uh, point out that we've tried shooting this multiple times because William decided he wanted to try to do this on a script. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we learned very quickly this is not the way that this podcast is going to go. No. Um, it probably would work for not, some, but not, yeah, we're not, not for we're us. Not, we're not, we're not going to do it. On we, a, on it was amazing. We were like, uh, but, so today we have... Yeah, uh, let's just say neither one of us are ever going to be news anchors. Uh, ever, ever. If we had to read and talk at the same time... <laughs> it wouldn't happen. No career. All right, so without wasting too much time, um, we're, t- we're talking about UFOs and the possibility of aliens existing. So I guess it, I would just like you to kind of start us off with uh, what we're basing this on. Yeah, so I'm going to do my best to make sure it's all based on paperwork, obviously, funded, or I'm sorry, from the government itself. So not just, hey, my brother Jimmy talked to a guy when he served and his name was whatever and he heard from somebody, <laughs> we've seen something. I, I want this to be as um, factually based as possible and have that government file on it, which a lot of these do. And that's why I'm really excited about uh, the main one which we're going to get to a little bit while here. It's the Project Blue Book. That is probably the most well-documented U.S. government 
uh, funded program that was dedicated to studying UFOs that we may ever have. I don't know. I mean, it, it, certainly out of the list that I'm going to mention today, it is the longest tenured one and the most documented cases. So if we break it all down, we start basically uh, 1947 was when the famous Roswell incident took place. And that's kind of what stemmed this whole UFO phenomenon, um, which has been going um, ongoing for 70 plus years now, somewhere right in there, 73 or <clears throat> I think about 73 years. Um, that's quite a while. Yeah, must be, a little must bit. have quite well, the paper trail. To, to, yeah. To be clear, though, it, there is a little, there is a break in there, which we'll, we'll get into, but definitely a paper trail with all of this. I'm going to post the links, obviously, on our Facebook page, and you can look all this up on your own. Um, there were three major ones in the early 40s after the Roswell incident, which took place in 1947, uh, early July there. Probably the most famous UFO sighting slash crash slash alien involvement that you can have and the government involvement. Um, that is the that is kind of the one that spurred this whole government cover-up because everybody kind of has that feeling of, well, you know, if these aliens or, you know, UFOs in particular are real, there's got to be, you know, the reason we don't know about it is because the government's covering it up. That, that's, you know, you go out and talk to anybody. That's usually the first thing you're going to hear. I, I am excited to see that this seems to be changing going forward. I think more people are evaluating it in a more scientific manner. That's not really a word, but I'm going to use it today. So you learned something. Scientifical. <laughs> well, I mean, you have that and you also have like cell phones and stuff. People are, are a lot, it's a lot easier to document things yourself yeah. nowadays. So you know, if someone's seen something flying through the sky they're just gonna pull out their phone and be like oh look at this yeah and then it's gonna spread around the world like wildfire in, in a matter of a few seconds granted you also have the app you have like my spectrum would be like yeah it's clearly fake um because for me i'm a little bit of a skeptic when it comes to aliens and then ufo you ufos and stuff i think it's possible but uh, yeah it's it's, it's kind of like i get it bringing up whether or not they're more advanced than us so well, you know, obviously the government took it serious enough. Like I said, there were about three, you know, the Roswell incidents takes place, basically. And we get Project Sign, which is like the first time ever trying to figure this out. And they're trying to get like, well, okay, what's going on? Maybe we'll put some money towards it. Uh, again, I'm not going to go into detail on all of these. I just want to kind of show a correlation between there was definitely the government funded studies for UFO phenomenon and uh, the, the instances that it took place. So you have Project Sign which only lasts for about a year. That's off the top of my head, so don't hold me to it in case that's wrong. You move into Project Grudge, and then you move into the most famous one, which we'll probably talk about the most today, and the gentleman involved with all three of these, which is Project Blue Book and Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Um, the reason I really like Project Blue Book the most is because it had, for one, the most documented cases out of any of the studies that have ever been done that we know about, at least. Um, I don't remember the exact number. I know it was over 12,000. I think it was like 12,350. Wow. Yeah. And that that's just the United States, or is that, like, the whole world? No, this is mainly, from my understanding now, that that is a great question, so I'll be honest with you, I don't know if there was ever an instance where they had maybe something happen in Canada or Brazil, but I, from my understanding, this was just the U.S., so all these studies had to do directly with that. Um, there might have been a couple in there, I mean, again, with 12,000-something cases. It's I, a lot. I, yeah, I, I might have missed one that, you know, had to do with being in brazil which is a popular place for ufo sightings um but the reason i think this one's so important is because to the government's credit at first when they first started up they did this in the right way they brought in an astrophysicist and they brought in somebody that uh was like yourself he felt that there's no such thing as ufos there's no such thing as aliens for sure and there is a science uh scientific answer 
to any anomaly that we don't understand. So if we study it enough, we'll understand it through science. It'll make sense. So he did not have any notions. He, he matter of fact, he initially said that these notions were silly. You know, like that's not something we should, that shouldn't even really be evaluated. What, where his journey kind of changes through these cases, he started to realize how honest people were when he met with them. Uh, they, this wasn't just, uh, this wasn't people just making something up to get famous. A matter, a matter of fact, back then especially, it really hurt your career. If you came forward, right, especially as a, uh, let's say, a pilot in the Air Force, and you came forward and you said, hey, I was tracking this globe and it was flying around my plane, and you know I tried to pursue it and all this. Yeah, you might you might end up getting questioned by the psychiatrist. Find yeah. out if you're need to be going to the loony bin or not. Yeah, and, and you a lot some of them, not all of them, but some you know you, you basically were told, hey, if you want to keep flying, you want to be a pilot, keep your mouth shut. You're going to see things in the sky, but like we don't talk about it. And that's kind of how that took place. And this is where he started to take an issue with things because he started to notice that as he was sent out to these areas where there was these incidents. Him and a gentleman that was working with him were supposed to go there, and this wasn't the exact verbiage the government used or the the guy that he responded to. All right, just just real quick, what what do you, what do you mean by the government? Who was sanctioning this? Yeah, so initially this was set up through the Air Force. So the Air Force was studying the 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 phenomenon, obviously because they were in the air, and this is these pilots. Many of them were seeing things. And so they said, well, let's set up a department that's strictly dedicated to this through the Department of Defense that would say, well, do we need to really evaluate this as a real national threat? That was a real concern. You know, that was they, they felt it was enough of a concern to at least set up a, a little department set to just studying this, which then was headed out by Dr. J. Allen Hynek. So that's kind of where how he meshed into this. He wasn't in the military. He wasn't he was actually a professor, I want to say in Ohio somewhere, was it Columbus? I don't remember off the top of my head. But that's where he was working when they contacted him. So they brought him in and said, hey, here's what we've got going on. We would like your expertise on this. And initially, like I said, he had a little bit of pushback. He wasn't, you know, he, when you kind of read on his uh, original writings or his original uh, journal, he doesn't seem super enthusiastic about it. He, uh, he actually... He actually didn't seem that excited about it. Um, but as things kept going, he started to realize that there could actually be... He started running into instances where he couldn't explain what was going on. So something would take place, they would bring them in, and then they would say, hey, you've got like you know how the government works, or I, I guess we should be more precise in this, entities within the government. Again, this was kind of behind the scenes, Secretary of Defense, Department of Defense, that kind of deal wanted answers you know within 48 hours or less so it's kind of hard to really deduce what took place in any scenario i mean i don't care what it is if there was a car accident a real one like a a, a big pile up I, I think it could be hard pressed to figure exact details out in 48 hours perhaps you could perhaps you couldn't especially back then with no cameras like you said nowadays it's not a big deal if you got a footage you know somebody's camera and this camera and that camera link it up all right doesn't make sense back then that wasn't the case you were as all word of mouth and he started to realize that the government really was like, we just need an answer one way or the other. Even if it's not necessarily the answer you are comfortable with, you need to give us an answer, and then boom, we post it, and that goes in the paper. So, so did, did they actually want, like, an objective answer? Did they want, like, if that, if that scientist said, hey, I think aliens are real, I think this is, did they want that answer, or did they want to just kind of brush it off and, and 
kind of qualm down the the populace's belief at the time. I'm pretty sure it was pretty famous, uh, whereas well, a lot of people started getting behind this whole alien involvement. Yeah, well, there, well, there was still the hints of it, right? Because you had basically, after the Roswell incident takes place, there's the initial like one year, maybe two years, where people are like, no, they totally covered that up, and then it died out. It fizzled out, and it didn't really make a resurgence until, I want to say it was the mid to late 60s, when people really started talking about it again. So during that time, to be honest, no, there wasn't a ton of talk about people being like, oh, there's aliens. So most of this, especially Project Blue Book, was a top secret program. This was all hidden. This wasn't open to the public. It wasn't like, eh, let's, you know, let's read the paper where they find this month. This was all stuff behind closed doors. Um, the only time that they did make it available to the public or really pushed it on them was when they would come up with these numbers. They would come up with statistics showing whether something was or was not true. We'll get into that a little bit later, um, which a lot of those were kind of tampered with or falsified, in my opinion, um, and also according to his, to Dr. J. Allen Hynek himself. Um, initially, he did say the first gentleman he worked with had a very open mind about things. He just basically was like, let's evaluate what's going on. I think it's once they started to realize how many cases you had of guys saying, no, I have, like something happened. I seen something. And then this was going beyond just U.S. military personnel. This was getting into people, you know, just your everyday average citizens. They would go and investigate what, what happened. Um, and that's where things really, I think, changed for him because, you know, for everybody else, it's just a document coming across the table, right? Whatever, this, that, and the other. For him, he was in the field talking to these people. These people didn't know each other. You know, we, we'd have a guy, say, in West Virginia, and then we'll have a guy out in Texas, and then we'll have a lady in Iowa. You're, you're breaking all these places up. They don't know each other, but they're reporting the same exact things. They're having even the same um, physical results. Some of them had physical leftover um, temporary blindness. Um, the one, most famous one, they had, like, their skin was burned from it. It was like a radiation. So, I mean, there were physical signs of things actually taking place besides just... You know, burn marks in the ground, uh, parts of the forest being messed up. There were a lot of things that went into this. So I think that's where for him, it really took the change of maybe this isn't just something that we can just write off. And he did kind of say in his fi his last statement about it all was that the government did not want a true scientific answer to it. They just wanted an answer that fit their narrative. And that's where he kind of took issues with the whole program in and of itself. And, and, you know, unfortunately it was discontinued in 1969, um, which coincidentally enough is kind of interesting because that's the year we landed on the moon. So at one point during the study of project blue book, there was something called the Robinson panel, uh, which was a scientific committee, which met in January, 1953 headed by Howard P. Robertson. Uh, the panel arose from a recommendation to the intelligence advisory committee committee, the IAC in December, 1952, from a central intelligence agency, CIA. Review of the Air Force, obviously, who was the one heading Project Blue Book. Now, why this one's kind of important, it interrupts Project Blue Book, because from, you know, 1949, basically, up to 53, things were running pretty smoothly, as far as an objective kind of, let's just evaluate what's going on. Now, here's what's interesting, is that the CIA then gets involved around this time, which, obviously, based on our last episode, I think we all know how great the CIA is. Um... <laughs> It does flat out say that it said that the CIA officials wanted knowledge of any agency interest in, in the subject of flying saucers carefully restricted. 
not, uh, said noting not only that Robertson panel report was classified, but also that any mention of a CIA sponsorship or sponsorship of the panel was forbidden. So to me, I think that one is kind of interesting because that's when things really changed for him. If you go back to his uh, personal uh, logs, that's about the time that things became more of a push of, hey, we just wanted to answer whether it's the right answer or not. Um, I don't know what your feelings are about the CIA getting involved. Obviously, you can understand why they felt the need to get involved since, you know, they are a central intelligence uh, agency. But anytime it seems that the CIA gets involved, I don't know. I, I just feel like we aren't always getting the complete picture. I feel like that things get a little I mean, that, murky. I, yeah, I mean, especially when you start getting into, like, secret investigations and stuff. I mean, that... I, I kind of feel like part of the point of a secret investigation is to keep it secret. You know, you don't really want it getting out to the populace because then you end up with people like you and I start talking about it. And, you know, it kind of creates a, a firestorm for them to to solve later. So, yeah, I, d- I definitely think the CIA, when they get involved, it's, it's, it's not usually a great thing. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It's also important to note, I forgot about this. Uh, in the follow in the years following the Robertson panel, a series of special military regulations were introduced to regulate reporting UFO sightings. Uh, these were Joint Army Navy Air Force uh, publication. I'm not going to list all the exact lettering and uh, military jargon here on what it's called, but uh, December 1953 and 54 had revisions of it for the Air Force. But basically, what it said is it which introduced the significant penalties on military and some civilian personnel for unauthorized release of information relating to UFO sightings. So that was, they get involved basically. Did you just say civilians? Yeah, that, and that is the main reason I really wanted to highlight. I apologize for kind of going back into it again, but it, it flat out says right here, they had a significant penalties on military and civilian personnel for unauthorized release of information relating to UFO sightings. So that might have meant maybe civilians that were hired by the government, that there's a chance that it did mean that, but it's not very clear. So that was in 1953. And then from there on out, it gets real murky on, just these are rough numbers, but prior to this particular panel taking place, one out of every five reported UFO instances was unexplainable. They could not explain it in no scientific manner that made sense. After that happened, that number dropped significantly. Um, I think at the end of the day, the uh, final number was something like, I want to say it was 23% that were completely unexplainable. So out of all those 12,600 something cases, there was something like 23% of them that were not able to explain. Well, that makes quite a few. Yeah, it does. Now, when the military, though, re-released this and the CIA and all those guys, they gave the number saying that there was never any evidence at all that the studies brought forth any information that was worth using or saying that there was there was basically no point in continuing the studies and they said something like only three percent were ever unidentified they completely they dropped that number way down i think it was from like 18 or 23 percent down to three percent that they just wrote off as anomalies said well lack of information or whatever so that's where i kind of personally get interested in because i feel like that leaves there's just too much gray area when you flat out had a panel that got together the CIA Central Intelligence Agency and says, hey, if anybody, if you, Micah, were up there flying around and you seen something, you brought it to your superior commander like, great, thank you. Uh, keep your mouth shut. 
and just do your job and you keep having this experience, if you then go talk to a reporter or leak this information somehow, you're completely blackballed. You're, you're not going to, you're probably, you could even possibly get a dishonorable discharge. You could just end up who knows where, wherever they relocate you. Does it actually give you like specific penalties? Like what was? It is not. It just is penalties. So I, that, that is kind of broad, right? I, I, I'm sure we could probably, if we were to really dig into it, maybe we could find that. But as of right now, I don't have those in front of me to, to like specifically say what the penalties were. Right. But the part that really gets me was the civilian part. Because that, that is gray. Again, how it reads is like, well, do they mean like, well, Dr. J. Allen Hynek was hired as a civilian personnel, military personnel. So is that civilian or do they just mean like you and I seen something? Cause obviously that's not the case now, right? Like you said, right now you and I video something, we put it up on YouTube or Facebook. I don't think there's any repercussions of that besides being made that fun of. Aware of. <laughs> then I'm right. Correct. Then I'm aware of, I, I've never heard of that at all. I mean, obviously it's, it's a pretty common thing anymore. You, if you go on YouTube and you type in UFO sightings, you will spend hours scrolling through pages of supposed UFO sightings and videos. Yeah, so that, I think that's that's kind of the problem, though, is that there's there's so much video editing software and that kind of stuff out there um, that it it makes it hard to tell what's actually real and what's not. Uh, so I, it, I think that's part of it, though. I almost think that there's it, okay. Let's so for the fun of it. No, this is not factually based at all. This is just me in my head as an idea. If there was, let's say, if twenty three percent was his final number, or even 18%. So let's just drop it to 10%. If 10% of all cases that were taking place were unexplainable... It's still 1,200. Out of, yeah, out of 12,000. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Yes, you're giving... Yes, that is good math. Good job. Good <laughs> shit. I was like, oh, sir, please, 12,000. Uh, anyways, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of cases. And granted, that's over, you know, roughly two decades but if you break right. that, you know, that, that's... But, I mean, those those are just unexplainable, though. So, I mean, like, even if you said only 10% of those are actually any sort of legitimacy, you know, that's still 120 possible legitimate sightings. So, I mean, like, I guess I've, I've never really jumped into it that much to really, like, I don't know, I just kind of brushed it off as, yeah, they probably don't exist. Yeah. Um, But hearing that, I mean, I, I might actually do some more of my own research into that and, and actually try to come up with a determination of my own um that's that's actually yeah it's pretty that's, broad yeah that's and, and that's frightening now, now here's the thing that's that is a number based on let's evaluate it this way that is studied by a professional or by the government we say professional an astrophysicist that brought a science uh, scientific point of view to everything I'm, i swear i'm saying that word wrong what is that i, I there's no way I think i'm it's saying scientific that. is I, it I believe that's am i just having or... a brain fart and i can't understand my I own words right now that's usual but uh all right back on track here yeah here we go uh so anyways bring it a scientific point of view um you had like you said roughly 1200 cases let's just rough it out say 1200 cases 20 years what is that rough out to per year that's like something like um well you got 20 dude Numbers listen, are hard. Listen, Numbers yeah, are... I'm, I'm not that good with math. <laughs> we do this to ourselves a lot. You'd think we would know that when we're recording it, like we'd be ready. It's about but sixty. Sixty a Over year. Over twenty years, about sixty a year. Yeah. So you think so? Sixty a year. Twelve goes into sixty. You know, however many times it does. <laughs> it again, four times. It's five times. Five times. <laughs> oh my why, god! Why do we need to know we how suck. many times? Well, what I'm saying is, this, so that's, that's, that's roughly five instances a month. And that's roughly one a week, over one a week. That's 
that's a number. Even yeah, it's quite a few. Even if we took it less than that, which we're not going to do because obviously the numbers aren't in our game. But if you took it down to the three percent that the military said, you're still getting a fair amount. That's but five yeah, that's a week. Still, is yeah, still a fair 12, amount. Twelve thousand. That's that's a lot. So, and what I would like to point out about that too is, well, what about the cases people are not even reporting? You know what I mean? If there's this fear that's kind of being put out there that, and, and listen, yeah. I mean, even even three percent is three hundred and sixty out of twelve thousand. So that's, that's still a lot of unexplained sightings. Wow. So, and that's pretty significant. So that drops it to like two, two a month. Out which of is, 20 years? Yeah. Which is basically every other week, there is a major unexplained, you know, phenomenon that took place. Yeah, it's, um, it's about one and a half a month. So 18, 18 per year. It is important to note, too, and again, obviously because there's so many cases, we're not going to dig into all that today. With that, though, those aren't all just strictly, you know, Hey, I seen some weird, you know, strange light in the sky. Those are also cases where people said they seen beings. Now, I try to keep the alien and UFO topic kind of separate from each other. Even though some people take that as a weird. I mean, I, I even see that doesn't kind of weird. I, I would think they kind of correlate with each other. They, they can, but I guess what I'm saying is that sometimes we've had this idea that you have to have one without the other. And right now, currently, let, let's go back to say in the '60s. Even the 70s, once we finally landed on the moon, okay? If you were talking to your, if we talked to our grandfather and we used the word UFO or alien, it was kind of all the same thing at that time. UFO meant alien, alien meant UFO. It was kind of just this, I don't know, it's all sloshed together, I guess you could say. Now, when we have the conversation, we know that any any person who is able to think logically about anything will know is that, well, we're never going to know everything that's in the sky, so obviously there are unidentified flying objects, right? But that does not necessarily mean that there are these beings always involved. So that's where you kind of end up in a separate topic. So what I'm saying is that if somebody's seen something they couldn't explain or they even videoed it or chased it in, a, in an airplane or a, a jet, that does not mean that they got abducted. So that's where I kind of draw the, the difference on we have instances where we are tracking things but there's not a being. It's literally just a craft that's flying that a lot of times is doing amazing things, literally defying the laws of physics. The things that they do don't yeah, even that, make sense. That's true, but like, I guess the argument would be, how is that craft flying? I mean, there's got to be, well, be something in control of that craft. Correct. Now, that I will give you, right? There's something in control of it, but like, that's like us flying a drone. Let's just say somehow we flew a drone dub wherever let's just for the fun of it pretend that there's aliens on mars if i flew a drone there they're going to see a craft they're going to see it doing things but i'm not there so that's where i kind of make the difference in that because i i i don't know but ult- ultimately it would mean that aliens exist if it's something they, right if they have crafts yeah it'd be something exists if you have a even an unmanned craft flying around something something's out there controlling so yeah. they, ultimately, there there would have to be aliens. They, they do kind of still correspond with each other. I do believe they do, but I think there. Is, we I guess what I'm saying is, before when you mentioned that you've seen one thing, you always got lumped in with the other, right? If you said like, "No, man, I seen some weird, like something hovered for this amount of time," like, oh, okay, you got adopted too, right, man? Did they probe you? <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, that, that was kind of the I feel like response to that. It wasn't always just, "Oh, whoa, no, that's crazy." So like now, I feel like you can definitely say you can tell somebody like. I personally wouldn't have a problem telling anybody really like, dude, no, I seen some weird stuff the other night, like lightwise, and it not be weird. They're not going to go straight to, oh, you got abducted. Some of them might, but I'm saying there is starting to be this understanding that there is a little bit of a difference in those two things, because once you enter the realm of 
well, no, I got abducted and for three days and they took me to this particular star uh, constellation and I could see Earth. That's a whole nother ball game. And I'm not an expert in that area. Obviously, I'm not an expert in this area, but I am a whole lot less educated in that area than this particular topic, I guess you could say, um, which I consider myself a complete professional and uh, completely educated, self-certified. Oh, yeah. You sound so, it. Yeah. But, uh, so, okay, so 1969, this program ends, basically. And, it, and we just gave the statistics on that as far as what the final findings were. Um, from that, he went on, uh, Heineck did, to form MUFON and some other things, which are basically allow people to, when they seen something, could call in. Because like you and I were just saying, it, that was the amount of cases that were documented, called in, or whatever. How many cases are going on that people aren't calling in? Right. Or are not even, you know, documented. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I personally, like, especially back then, I would have been like, eh, I'm not really going to tell anybody. Yeah, there was not, it was completely frowned upon. And let's face it now, this isn't, we're going to get some pushback here. Um, this isn't trying to bring necessarily religion into this topic, but because religion was a little more, po- well, it was a little more popular back then than it was, than it is now. Let's, let's, let's be honest. There was definitely a pushback on the idea of, well, mixing saying that aliens or ufos were real kind of in some ways denounced you know it would you say that it kind of infringed on I god mean, yeah, and angel would, you know I what i mean say, there was that weird mix over i would say yeah I, I would say it definitely had a significant impact on on the way that i would look at it right um i think it was it was kind of put like if you believe in one you don't believe in the other yeah for sure um that's that is kind of the way i did view it i would say that's probably i mean that's the way we were you know i was raised and i mean i i think that's what i was always told right growing up they're like oh yeah you know if you see an unidentified flying thing or you see a light in the sky it's just an angel maybe it is if you believe in angels or you know but we don't really know right there's no way with any of this to be like oh 100 no i got the facts right here in front of me sonny we don't know and it's just us doing our best to make sense of it. Now, where it really brings things into question for us is when, like I said, we have now uh, footage, really good quality footage. She's like, that's the other thing too. People always say, "Well, man, you ever seen these videos? It's like super blurry, like one little like segment uh, of the picture where it managed to be like, yeah, that smudge right there in the corner, that sucker right there." <laughs> yeah, I've the... definitely seen those. I've yeah. seen those. But let's okay. Just for the fun of it, bear with me. I'm going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole with you. We, we haven't been doing that already? Oh, we're going deep now. Okay. I'm just kidding. We're not going that deep. <laughs> we're just barely. We're just easing our way in. Um, let's look at what football... Okay, so football. Let's just look at video cameras in general and the way they've been able to capture things over the years or capture things over the years. Look at a football game. Like, do me a favor. Go look up the 1999 Super Bowl. Oh, I don't. I don't have to. I, I I've <laughs> I've seen recent recently seen footage of like even early 2000s, and you're like, this has got to be a different yeah era. Like, it's bad. What in the world has happened to video cameras? Like, they are so much better than they, they were they even really are. ten years ago. It's 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 remarkable and ah. Uh, it, like I, I would swear if you, if you look at like you, you said a, a football game from 2005, you'd look at that and you'd be like, "That's got to be the 80s." Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, like, it, it's it is. really weird it too is. because, like you said, you're looking at it and, and you don't think it was that long ago. You're like, "Yeah, yeah." I felt like we were we were doing better back then, mm-hmm. but uh, no, it's definitely not the case. It's, <laughs> no. it was not very good up until recently. So, 
And, yeah. and that's kind of my point to that is that it, it, even when these cases were documented by the military, they still had like the little, forgive me because I don't know how these cameras work, but basically like the square thing you held up at your chest. Some would even have like a little hand crank on them. Not quite that old, but that was basically how it worked. It was a big square looking box and it like nothing about that was high class. I mean, it was high class for them, but like compared to what we have now, I mean, you so can it understand. Wasn't gonna it wasn't going to take a, a picture of something moving and not right. blurry. And so that's where things get weird is that, okay, so 1969, that program basically ends. And there's nothing from then till now far as the, the the most recent one that just came out that the pentagon itself acknowledged and so did the navy which was um advanced aerospace threat identification program or atip and that one started in 2007 and only went to 2012 when as we all know the world ended so i'm just kidding yeah. that uh anyways so proof right there that's an anyway so from 2007 to 2012 um that particular program was up and running uh, the leader of that one was uh, Luis Elizondo, and the budget for that was $22 million over five years. Now, here's what's interesting about that particular one. Um, that one actually brought up some of the really famous videos you can look up. There's one that's called a Tic Tac, and there's one that is the Gimbal Incident as well. You can look those both up. Um, those were kind of leaked to the public, as it were. But really, from 1969, when Blue Book ends, to now... There was no other real program, which is kind of weird. Like, it basically, we land on the moon, which is amazing in and of itself, and then, like, we kind of, like, forgot about what was going on here, at least according to the paperwork. That's where the trail ends. So that's where, for me, like, do you do you feel that it all just ended then? I mean, that's, like, 30-something years where there was nothing going on. Right. No, I, I mean, I. It, it's probably just one of those things where... At least the way that I would look at it in a more, looking at it logically, I would just say in 69 they deemed it not worthy of the taxpayer dollars, so he stopped wasting money on it. Um, that would be the way, if I, if I was looking at it in a skeptical way, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I would say. You know, it's just, it was deemed not worth the money, and they moved on. Yeah, and, and you know that was I think the final saying coming out of the after when they closed down Blue Book and all that they they listed like three things that were the reasons why they shut it down, which was no UFO reported investigated, uh, no UFO reported or investigated um, or evaluated, but the Air Force was ever an indication of threat to national security. So that, and that was their main focus, right? Was just national security more than like actually understanding it. They just wanted to know is it a threat. So that was kind of the main thing. They also said there was no evidence submitted to or discovered by the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified represented technical... This one's interesting to me. Never represented um, technological developments or principles beyond the range of modern scientific knowledge. Are you sure? Like, I mean, if you look... And again, we're not going into all the cases, but when you go into them, they could not even... Most of those pilots felt like they were being toyed with. Even the ones now, but for sure the ones back then too, they were like, it was, I couldn't keep up. It, it was, you know what I mean? Like, it was, there's, for them to sit there and say, yeah, we totally had all the technology. It never once got the best of us. It's, it's to me, I find that a little hard to believe. If we're operating on the pretenses that, that these instances actually took place and the individuals reporting them were of good character and reported an on, honest thing. Because I think the big pushback on that is a lot of people say, well, these guys were just looking for, to make a name for themselves 
or get out. But again, based on what we read from the CIA saying, no, listen, there's going to be repercussions for people who are trying, it even said other organizations that are researching or getting interested in the UFO topic, let alone the guys that we have. Yeah, that does, that does seem like a, an odd thing to. That's right. I don't think these guys are lying. Towards. That's right. These guys even coming forward to me, they're, they're incurring all the risk. Like, there was no reward back then. There was like, right. here's a golden star and a cookie. <laughs> like, nobody <laughs> nobody was handing those out if you came out and were like, yeah, something weird just happened. They that hand was, out golden stars on cookies now? I don't know. I don't Anybody in the Air Force listening, let us know. Let us know about those cookies. As long as you're not oatmeal. Take those cookies and throw them <laughs> off. Throw those suckers <laughs> off a cliff. I don't know. I, I kind of like, like oatmeal cookies. Oatmeal raisin A good oatmeal raisin cookie. I Also, I've had oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. Those are actually really good. If you haven't tried them, you need to try them. Uh, he's lying, because if it involves raisins, sir. It doesn't involve raisins. It's oatmeal chocolate chip. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. quite hear you. I, I apologize. I will try that out. Um, <laughs> perhaps if they had given these guys those, they would have had more cases reported. So, um, Anyways, getting back to what we were talking about originally, I do think there is something to be looked at here. Oh, oh so, so okay, so from... 69 to 2007, they're saying that nothing took place. Now, this, there is something else I want to mention in between that took place. There's not really a paper trail for this, okay? There's another guy we could bring up, and this is an extremely controversial guy. His name is Bob Lazar, okay? This guy supposedly was the whistleblower of Area 51. There were rumors and hints about Area 51. We kind of, you know, in the whispers of the shadows, people knew about this supposed place. But this guy, basically, again, scientist who came in, uh, he was an engineering, I, I don't remember all the stuff that he particularly was, but they brought him in to try and reverse engineer. Now, according to him, if we're taking him again at being completely honest, he was there for like, I think it was six months, seven months working on the program. He said this stuff, they had nine crafts. He said something like nine different crafts that they had in this place. So they're, they're, they brought him in to reverse engineer yes. spacecrafts. Correct. Now, again, now to be clear, this isn't, I don't have paperwork on this. This is a guy you can look up. He actually currently, now here, here's where it kind of ties back in, why I said it's important to bring it up is because when the gentleman who left ATIP, uh, Luis, El- El- Luis El- Elizondo, sorry, murdered his name there. Um, <laughs> when he left the uh, ATIP program, him and Bob Lazar formed something now that is called To The Stars Academy. So this guy basically said that, yeah, no, they had nine crafts. They all looked different from each other. And again, you can, we're just going to keep recommending this guy's podcast. If you look up Joe Rogan, he did go on there and do a complete episode with him if you want a lot more detail. But he claimed that like some of the stuff he was claiming was, was crazy. And he said that in no way, shape or form, basically the laws of physics that we currently operate under did not apply to these these machines or these crafts whatsoever he went so far as to say that the in like layman's terms it was reverse gravity which i know sounds simple to say at first but like when you start to really apply the law of reverse gravity yeah, no, if you think about that that yeah that's like you're just gonna shoot you into the sky yeah well you well yeah yeah you could do that but what it also does is it makes you like he was saying for the military to be studying this it makes you like invincible if you could create a reverse gravity field you could be just bulletproof but more importantly and this is where things get really weird and crazy he was saying like you could even bend time because as we know gravity does affect time and again since we're astrophysicists we're totally gonna educate you on this right now 
which obviously we're not, so I'm not going to go too far into that, but it is worth thinking about looking into. We do know that gravity affects time. So, th- again, very controversial guy, but I just wanted to point out that there, there technically is a guy who's come forward that said there was some stuff going on between 69 and what took place in 2007. Obviously, when Area 50 for 51 first kind of came out of the scene, that was kind of a joke. People didn't even really think that was real. Obviously, it's a very real thing. It was. By the time it got super popular, anything that was important was no longer there because we know that Area 52 now exists. Supposedly. I've never heard of Area 52. You've never heard of 52? I've never heard of Area 52. Oh, man. Where is Area 52? Uh, you know, or is that top, top secret? Yeah, I can't talk about that. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. I'll post a link supposedly where it's where it's listed. I don't remember off the top of my head, and I don't want to be scorned for the rest of my life for saying the wrong place. So, but I do know that there is supposedly now an Area Fifty Two, which is where the real things are taking place. Um, I see. According to these guys, anyways, there and there is one other story in the eighties that I. This one is like so far out there. Um. It's it's really crazy. It had to do with uh, what was it? Let me look it up because I, I I'm gonna tell you the right name so I don't say the wrong thing here. Because it, it this one, you want to talk about a crazy story? It basically said that we were shooting people out to space, like that we made contact with them and they were taking them back to their uh, constellation or like their little galaxy. I'm gonna pull it up here because I like uh, Project Serpo. I think it is. Is it Project Serpo? Yeah, Project Serpo. Um, supposedly is an alleged top secret exchange program between the United States government and an alien planet called Serpo, S-E-R-P-O, in the Zeta Rectala. Whoa, I said that wow. wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I think that's not the word. Zeta. <laughs> it's in the, it's in the, the Zeta in the star sky. system. Yeah, yeah, it's in the sky. Um, anyways, it's an, an alleged exchange program. Um, it's, it's, it's appeared on UFO conspiracy theories mainly, uh, but according to this, it took place in like 1983. Uh, that one, I, I don't know about that one. That one gets kind of weird. It, what is interesting is that the supposed place where they reside or where we're doing this exchange, if you dig into some of the, um, abduction cases that Project Blue Book studied, where people said they were abducted and taken to places, that is where they were taken. Another weird little tidbit to tie into that is that Bob Lazar did state that this, and he didn't even know how they came to this conclusion, but the material that the crafts, supposed crafts were made of, were not really of earthly elements at all. They somehow knew that it came from that particular star system. Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What, it, what makes up stuff? What's that word? It's, uh, <laughs> it's not matter. substance. Matter. Like, they, basically, somehow they knew that whatever matter, whatever compounds made up, this physical hard being came from that particular star system. So, I mean, there is, you could say some weird, like, I don't know. The 80s are weird when it comes to the government The 80s were weird of, in general. I don't know. I mean, be honest. Well, okay, a little bit, but the music was okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hair, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Every generation does some weird crap. So, I don't, I mean, I think it's kind of funny that every time something happens, we're like, man, not my day. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because you weren't you weren't privy to all of the things that happened in your generation. Um, but while we're on these these kind of weird off the wall topics, yeah, it's nice what do you think? One. What do you think about like uh, the the whole conspiracy that uh, like say the pyramids and like mm. the hedge and all that kind of stuff was built by aliens? Yeah. Okay. So if we're gonna talk about that, uh, let's make it clear: none of this is gonna be based on a paperwork or a link that I can. I mean, we have some links we could share, but 
none of us were we're not going to stand behind it and say it's 100% truth and scientifically proven. Um, this was actually a question that was posted early on in our Facebook group by Abby. Um, I think it was Abby shared it. And um, her and a gentleman named Matt went back and forth discussing their opinions or hypothesis about whether that is true or not. I I think something happened somewhere in the time timeline of human beings. We either A forgot how to do things really efficiently, or B, there maybe was some involvement. Um, I definitely think that, unfortunately, through slavery, uh, because the Egyptians owned a lot of slaves, um, they, they had literally millions. So through that, whether we like it or not, raw manpower can do a lot of amazing things. That's true, but, I mean, when, when you start talking about like how close those rocks are, I mean, you can't slip a piece of paper yeah, no, down like, that. That is where now. That's where I. I so I, I will. Okay, so I will identify from whether you believe in aliens or not. Okay, let the. If, so we don't believe in aliens. Just looking at structurally, from a uh, point of view of just how that thing was constructed, that is a complete work of art. Some of the the major ones that we're talking about over in Egypt, like you I mean, were if saying, they're still standing. They are correct with incredible. the earth shifting and all that stuff that's taking place over time these things are still level there was one they showed that was leveled to what uh something like one one tenth of a piece of paper it's insane or it was leveled to one 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 tenth something like that it was, it was basically one tenth of a piece of paper so like you were saying i, I mean that's that is like amazing and there are some theories out there that say that they basically had water that they flooded from the nile in there and they used wood under these massive bricks and they would have chambers so like there'd be a little chamber here they would open the chamber allowed the wood to float up with the water they would flood that chamber and it would bring it in they would close the back chamber and it would open the next chamber and it would keep moving up like that because the wood would float on the water Again, the wood no. would float but how would you how would you have a giant rock on that wood and that float that there's a video on it i'll post it it's it's worth watching but the, again that's where you get to that point of like even if they did do it that way, why? Like, why were they doing it? Because one of the crazy myths that out there that I always just knew growing up, and it turned out to be a myth, was that, well, they made these because when they died, that's where they are buried. To this very day, at least in Egypt, there has never been a single human bone pulled from a, uh, a pyramid. So why even build it? They were in these little crypts off to the side. So why, like, and they would build these in like twenty, thirty years. Of power. Or... Yeah, but every time, like, every guy was like, "It's my turn. I'm gonna build me a pyramid." <laughs> I mean, I, it's just a weird thing, though, right? So that's where, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of. I'm, I'm sure these took. If, if if they were built by man, I'm sure they took at least decades. Yeah, if not. Well, close that's to what they were saying. Some, no, no, they were saying some of these were built in like twenty, thirty years or less, uh, according to the records. That are kept in, in, in Egypt. Which is also interesting too. That you can't just make expeditions to go there now. Like go to Cairo and stuff. You've you got to get like approved. There's a big process. You can't just go and study stuff. Because unfortunately in the 20s and stuff. When people were just raiding the tombs. and Anyways. You cannot just go there and study this stuff now. So that, that part kind of sucks. But what I think is interesting is like. Not only did you mention about how level it is. Why do it? And then the fact that it was and I'm going to get this wrong, so I'm just going to go for it. Basically, if you were to take, I think it's the top northern hemisphere of Earth, and you drew a triangle, the points, the differences between, the, I think it was the northern hemisphere and the Earth, that circumference, came out to the exact um, 
mathematical equation that the the pyramid is built in. Like it's, you'd ha- I'll post the video because I'm I'm destroying this. But basically, between the Earth and then I can't remember which um, constellation it is, they're all mathematically perfectly aligned. Like, like yeah, I, exactly. I think I remember seeing something about that. But I, again, I. I no, to me though, I guess my yeah, yeah like it. I just did there. So thank you for letting me do that alone. It's okay. Um, so, but my point being that like, what? How did was that just by chance? Did that happen? Or I can't was imagine. There... I mean, that's kind of that's a huge coincidence. Yeah, it, there's another person who put a theory out there too that said that uh, basically they think that the main ones over there in Egypt were almost like a nuclear reactor because there's these chambers that would open. So, like, this inner chamber, right, there was no light. Like, we know that there was no light in there. So, how would you even work in there, right? But there's no burn marks. So, they didn't use um, torches to light the place while they were working in there. Which some people used to state, well, they would shine a mirror from the outside, would reflect the light, reflect, and it would keep reflecting off these lights to shine light into wherever they were working. They recently found some of these big ones that have, like, chambers that would open on top. And they're perfectly aligned for when certain eclipses... Like when certain eclipses would take place, that light would come in that way. So some people really think that it was like another way of just reading the sky. But there was one theory that got really out there. I said, well, it could have been like a, they were harnessing that radiation or that direct beam and they were like nuclear reactor kind of stuff. I think that one's a bit out there. But it is pretty crazy that, that all that stuff was built so proficiently that it would perfectly line up with the constellation of the stars. Like that... That is not an equal. That's not, in my opinion, an easy feat to conquer. So that's you know, that's kind of my two cents on that particular topic. Is that there? There's a possibility that humans did it alone, but as well as they did it, and to the different synchronicities that it seems to have, there's some question there to me. That's true, but and I, I don't know what this video is called. Um, I'm sure if I if I try to find it, I could probably um, if I happen to find it, I'll I'll post it. But uh, I watched a video of this guy. That, um, was, I'm pretty sure it was like it was like a, a massive rock, and he got it to stand perfectly vertical, or at least vertical. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was perfectly, but he did it without any tools. You know, no major power equipment or anything like that. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he did it entirely by himself. And th- I mean, obviously, they he has like a lapse because it, it took him some time to do this. But just watching that, sometimes it, it does make me wonder: like, are, he, are like are people like were they capable of doing that? You know, it's so it's I don't know. For me, it's 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 kind. It could go, it could go either way. Yeah. Um, I do think there's some very strange things with them that could insinuate that there was something else helping them um well then that's where you get like you know you get the the ancient astronaut theories you know basically to say that humans and all of humanity evolved from an alien uh involvement early on in our our human race i i don't know if that's the case personally i don't know if i 100 percent believe that myself but like you said the fact that one guy can do that by himself that kind of defies our current um, abilities, unless you have some very heavy machinery and operating equipment. And even then, they've said they were showing how many cranes it would take to lift some of these stones. It, it doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? That that's 
to me, my question always is, is like, why? When you said, well, you know, just dominance and pride to kind of be like, did it. But again, you did it so well that it's, you know, perfectly aligned with some constellations in the sky. It represents the total circumference over the northern hemisphere. Like, what are, why are all these things adding up? That, that to me, again, is that just us looking to find something to really want it? Or is it there and we just, we found it? It's true. And it also would kind of bring up the question as, would the ancient Egyptians know what, uh, you know, like all the, the longitude and yeah. latitude and all that they, kind of stuff you, was? We could, shouldn't, could right? Would they have had knowledge of that? Or, or was it, you know, it, it's very hard for me to, to think that they were aware of all that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, to me, that's where I draw some question. I, I can give it to you. If we're talking about just building it, so if we're talking from just the standpoint of how did they structurally you know, put it together, I think we could find a way to make it where possibly just humans did it. But then you did it, like I said, when you add those other things in there, that's where it gets weird for me. That's where like just your ability to level something that well is, that's crazy. That's, you know, but kind for of sure. bringing it back to modern day, um, what is your opinion on, so we mentioned you know, there's some. There are those that think there's a government cover up. What is, if there is a government cover up, why do you think there's a government cover up? In your, just your opinion. And I have my own thoughts on this, but I'd like to hear yours. I, I would say, just for the sheer like. Well, okay. So if if I was really diving deep into it, I would say it could be for keeping technology to themselves. Um, yeah. You don't want other governments to know that you have specific technology. Mm-hmm. Because that was what was going on. Sorry to interrupt you. With Project Blue Book, they thought the Russians had some advanced aircraft that could be a national threat to us. That was their initial, I forgot to mention, their initial reason of launching this. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, you, you'd, have, you'd have that. Or you may have, uh, just for the, the sheer shock that the populace might have, you might, you might have people go bloody crazy and cause mass chaos riots and all sorts of stuff um so i don't know i don't know that my my, if 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 i was gonna stick with one answer would probably be that you want to keep any technology that you you got from them secret from other countries i think that one's interesting I, i i have mixed feelings on like the reasons if they're if we're if we're operating under pure let's let's just say every case that ever was reported is real the ones that those the 300 or whatever that we had or i think you said 1200 360 yeah if it's three percent yeah yeah if every one of those things are real i truly think like you said it was okay so let's just let's just look at the facts 1947 what was our technology level not high not great right we were making some massive advancements but we hadn't, you know, let's be honest, turn of the century, 1900, right before that, we, we made some major breakthroughs. But if you look back through human history and culture, it was about every 300 years or so, maybe a little bit more, we'd have some sort of massive breakthrough. Right. I mean, when we hit the industrial age, like mm-hmm. 1920, I mean, that's just when it would like, it just it flew. Boomed. Yeah. You know, you went through technology like crazy. Mm-hmm. You jumped from having you know, bolt action rifles to automatics. Yeah. You went to uh having literally two mile an hour tanks to a few years later we had tanks that were going twenty five, thirty miles an hour. Yeah. So there's massive, massive improvements. 
Uh, and again, and, most of it being, let's face it, we're all military first, right? Well, mostly, yeah. That's, and that's because that's where the money's at, obviously. So that's where you're going to get your funding and your testing. But my, I guess my point is, is that if you look at that rapid development of technology across the board from, say, 1900 to, say, let's say, 1940s, early 1940s, there was a lot done, right? 19, World War One versus World War Two, big difference in how Huge it was fought, difference. right? Then you go 1940, let's say if we we're basing off the Roswell incident, if indeed a, cra- a, a craft crashed, just let's, let's disregard this supposed story of there being bodies that were pulled from it, one being alive. It said something like there was four of them, three were dead, one was alive. I, and I could be wrong, it might have been three, but one was supposed to be alive that they were able to take back to the famous Area 51. I'm sure it wasn't for very long. Uh, probably not. <laughs> um, so if it, that, that's kind of the storyline. If we were to operate off that, look how fast we moved in to boom being in space and then if you go from the 60s to now there are two major things that have happened that i would say could possibly relate to a government cover-up which is reverse technology on all this stuff we have started advancing so fast that almost it means we joke about it but it's the truth now is that when we buy something it's almost out of date by the time you buy it so by the time it's release date and it's all been made and it's manufactured they're already on the next thing they're already making the next product, generally speaking. Not in all cases, but particularly when it comes to technology like phones and computers. That usually it's like they're going to have something by the next year at very least, you know. And it's gotten to a point where you almost expect that of them, which is kind of sad. Um, but then also look at this, the way that people have been geared since then. Look at the movies that have gotten super famous and popular. If we took people, you and I right now, and if tomorrow... Somebody came on the news and said, we have footage. We're going live right now. There's a craft landing in Nevada somewhere. I would think it was a joke. Right. But then let's just say, for the fun of it, we would, right? We'd kind of initially laugh. But then if we realized, oh, man, this is like this is a legitimate thing that's happening, would it freak us out a little bit? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, probably. Do you think it would freak us out as bad if we had not had all these movies and television and sci-fi and Star Trek and all these things to almost program us for generations to, to this idea that there's space, that there's these other species. Do you think there's something to that? I mean, you and I have hit on the fact before, if, the, if we're talking about human control and manipulation, Hollywood being a big factor in that, why has that been such a popular topic since the 60s on? Some of my most beloved things that I love, Star Wars and all those things, what I'm trying to say is if you took someone from 1930 and you... you Said somebody just cried. well. Look what happened when Orson Welles did his supposing. Now again, it's not as crazy. Some people said talking about how there were people killing themselves. That was actually a lot of that was not that was false. They, there were a couple instances. I think one that happened. There was hysteria in the sense that people were freaking out, but not to the jumping out of buildings and stuff like we heard growing up. That that's actually false. But my point being, there were people freaking out when they heard that broadcast and they thought it was a real thing. They were legitimately like freaking out. So, I think the way people perceived UFOs, the idea of aliens then, say somebody from 1930 or 1940, or even in the 60s, to how somebody would perceive it now, do you feel Probably that there's been a transition? Different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like just we, like anything almost, else. Right? It's almost like they've been preparing us. Like, they couldn't just shock value. Like, you and I talked about that earlier, how if the sun just instantly, every morning, instead of slowly 
rising. If it just, bam, it's noon, and bam, your eyes are exposed to that. It could, for one, actually do damage. And number two, it's a sho- It's just shocking, right? So, I, I don't know. I, I think there's something to that there. Um, That's true, but, you, I mean, you could say the same thing about, um, like, say, zombies or something. There's tons of movies about zombies. Well, true. I personally don't. All true. Have you seen happen, Abraham Lincoln one? Where he's uh No, I I thought that was too much of a disgrace to <laughs> actually Abraham he, Lincoln's I'm pretty sure he was to, fighting uh, vampires in heaven, not zombies. Yeah, it might bad. have been. I don't I don't care. Yeah. Personally that I mean he's a, he's Abraham Lincoln, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of people would agree he's probably one of the best presidents we've ever had. I think it's a little disrespectful to be like, Hey, Abraham Lincoln fighting zombies <laughs> or vampires, vampires. whatever. Um, right. So no, I, n- I never watched that movie. Yeah. Well, my point being though, so th- that's that is one of my theories. One of my my personal hypothesis, I should say, is that there's just been this slow programming of us to let us know something's coming. We're going somewhere else, man. We're, we're space is the final frontier. You know what I mean? Like that push for the next thing, possibly species or AI. It's like there's this. There's a movement of some sort that's gearing us for this massive change. I think, too, if the government has known this for a while, they wanted to capitalize on it, right? Like, they want to monetize it, in my opinion. The fact that we have a cell phone and we all absolutely need a cell phone. Now, some would say we don't need a cell phone. In this day and age, I mean, we're pretty darn close to needing a cell phone to operate and function as well as other human beings do, in my opinion. Now, again... That doesn't make my opinion right. That's just my opinion. I am a more proficient person all around just about, except for maybe paying attention to things, <laughs> when it comes to my phone. If I, if I utilize my phone the way it could be utilized, I am a much more proficient person than without it. So you have access to information a lot easier. I don't necessarily make, I don't think it necessarily makes you more proficient, just as so much as it makes, it makes it easier to access certain things. Agreed. And that's just because it's at your fingertips. Yeah. But what I'm saying is is that you almost look at this and you wonder, like, well, we have the story of how supposedly technology came about. You know, some guys literally in their garage came up with these ideas. Perhaps that's the way it happened. Perhaps it didn't. I think that another reason why the government probably would not be a big fan of coming out tomorrow and be like, yeah, we've had this guy uh, named Bob. He crashed here in 1947. And... uh, you know, basically it's all out, is that there's a, that creates this massive disconnect. And there's already a ton of straying this way anyways between us and the government. Yeah, between but I don't think it would them. surprise anybody. I don't, see, I agree with that. I don't think in this generation right now, you and I or anybody else or most of us wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah. The are government you, hid something from us? Yeah. What world are we living in? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think that would be a reaction. But I do think that... Uh, there could be some, I, I think, if you clear the, if, if we find out there's this higher power, I, and I, what I mean by higher power, just meaning more technologically advanced species, what, what you know, like, what does that do to the current, current, you know, powers that be that are in charge? You know what I mean? Because let's face it, if life is pretty good for them, if life's not hard and they don't have to go and do the nine to five every day, is it beneficial for them to come out and be like, yeah, no, you know what? We're actually really not in charge. Like these guys can kind of come here whenever they want and could do whatever they want at any time. And we're literally just, we're just winging it, pretending they're not there and telling you guys it's a okay. 
like we kind of give all the power to them in that sense. And if they came out and said, "Yeah, there's this," then we would probably be like, "Well, should they be running things?" You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of other it's it's a can of worms, I think, when you really dig into it. And it's it's endless debates in either direction of whether they would be like, how do you feel about that? Like if somebody came out and they said, yeah, we've we've helped planetize three other planets or colonize and, and help their species out. Like, are we hurting right now? Do we need, you know, do we need help? I, I would say there's, there's like, there's, there's like that, that like it could be a fantastic thing but when you One just love. when you give like if you if you allowed them say what we do with our government right yeah i think government overreaches already Absolutely. if you were like hey this this species we don't even know who you are what you're here for what you have planned and we're just going to give you soul power over, over our entire civilization uh, I'm not so sure that people would buy that. I'm not so sure that people would be willing to to do that. But they do that. I mean, they do do that with government. But it is yeah, because I mean, vastly different. Kind, well, I mean, it is and is, and it's kind of with a. I mean, without getting too far into all of it, I mean, the U.S. government literally goes places and is like, "Hey, we're here to make things better." Yeah, whether you we're not going to leave, <laughs> yeah, whether you want us to or not, we're yeah, here. That's that's true. That's um, true. So that you and you can see the pushback that happens there. So obviously. Like I said, I, I don't. Th- I don't think people would be so willing to allow another planet species to control them. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure there'd be plenty of people that would be all all behind it, but there's a lot of people that aren't willing to surrender that much freedom. How do you think that would, on a personal level, actually affect you? If like tomorrow morning they came out and were like, "Yeah, there's you know." you know using sci-fi quotes you know there's a federation up there and there's these you know all these different planets that are part of galaxies that are associated with it and they want us to be part of it now like would you even want to be a part of that or would you rather hey, i'm gonna put my head in the sand and uh, just keep going <laughs> you know what i mean uh i, I don't that's a know. tricky that's, thing isn't it it's you'd have to experience it to know how you'd react because like at the end of the day too obviously we all need to keep doing things to keep the world running but like doesn't almost just end the world at that point like the the actual way that we function and on fossil fuels and just because obviously if these things are defying i don't think it would end it right away not Um, right away but do you think they they have more efficient yeah absolutely if they had more efficient ways of of doing things and we didn't have to use up resources that are here provided they're not going to be like hey i literally want your arm and leg yeah for this um, lunchtime, Give yeah, <laughs> um, you know that. Yeah, absolutely. There would be a huge push for that. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind joining that push. I, I think having having more efficiency is is always is always key. But I, I like here on Earth. I think there's there's a you know there's a equalization that you kind of got to have. You can't be like, hey, we need to. We're gonna gain five percent efficiency, but we're gonna spend five times more money. Which to seems do it. to happen a lot. Yeah, we like we, a lot we, of we gain a little bit, and we spend way more yeah. than than what we were. And it's not really worth, you know, like what recently I, I put a furnace into my house. How dare you? Yeah, and <laughs> it would probably cost me, uh, you know, five or six hundred dollars more, maybe maybe more than that, if I wanted to get a little bit slight. You know, a slightly better furnace that might save me five bucks on my gas bill every month. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't, I didn't think that that five dollars that I might save was worth 
the six hundred, the extra money that yeah. I would be upfronting for it. Um, so it's kind of the same thing. I don't, I don't, I don't think that we should be spending a ton to to increase a little bit of efficiency. But if you could, if you could get to the point of like, hey, you don't, you don't need gasoline anymore. You know, your yeah, your vehicle would just fields. be like, hey, no more going to the gas station. That yeah. would be fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I would not be against that at all. Would almost it almost gets away. It... There's a lot we could go on. This probably could be an episode in of itself yeah. just based on that. I, I think one last point, too, or last two points I kind of want to make that almost kind of dict each other, but it's interesting to think about is, okay, two things. Number one, this, did we or did we not make a Space Force <laughs> just last I believe, year? I believe we're actually it, forming it, one right it, now. It, it is. I don't know if it's an into, actual thing at the moment. Yeah, no, it's, but it's, but it's, it's a real thing. It's definitely being formed. Yeah. yeah. So that's a real thing. I mean... I mean, it is not at it is, all. Like, it is kind of weird. It, it, it is kind of weird. I think we talked about this last episode, didn't we? Well, did I, think we? we I, think we I think we mentioned the Space Force. Oh. But, I mean, it is kind of crazy. Like, human beings, Space Force. <laughs> Next thing you know, like, Space Troopers is going to be a real thing. <sighs> Hopefully we're not being eaten by giant yeah. beetles or whatever. That, that first was. war that we fight in, probably, is Space Force. We're going to get that our first battle, kicked. I should say. Yeah, probably no one's ever probably lost a, a, a battle worse than <laughs> <laughs> If there's even a fight. it's. I mean, I know we're being unless, silly about Unless it now, whatever but... other creature we're fighting is like puny. And, yeah, they suck too. Yeah, you know? they're like just absolutely horrific or yeah. incapable of actually doing damage. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you when you you enter a whole new, I mean, God. think about it. Like World War World War One and World War Two are perfect examples yeah, of, that's... of how terrible we are at adapting combat. <laughs> I think the Civil War is probably the worst example of that. Uh, I don't Cause think that... so because the Civil War that was still that was the that was the standard tactics. It was, but and, the, and the then, rifling of a barrel had immensely changed a from lot, Revolutionary a lot, War. A lot, but it was way. Way more. I mean, machine guns existed in World War One, and they were still... I mean, they, they dug trenches, but they basically were doing the same tactics yeah, as no, the Civil War. When they first started. And they run out yes. there in the middle of the freaking field, and literally, like, I mean, miles and miles of crap was just cut down. There was nothing but trenches and dead bodies. That's I mean, that's... And then you got to World War Two, and you, you, we lost hundreds of thousands of people because bad tactics. Yeah. Bad tactics. No, I'm sure the first couple, I don't even know what tactic you use in Space Force, I honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, are they watching? I don't know if you board each other's ships or yeah. do, we, do we create some like sort of. Watching all like, your Star Wars and Star Trek phaser and that something? kind of stuff? Yeah. I, I don't know. My point what was is, your what was your second point though? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so with Space Force being there, which even though we joke about, that's weird thing like it is there's even a oh man i really wish we had a computer in front of us right now we need to get a computer here so when we bring up these off the wall crap we can like google it and play it and whatever be right there but there is an ad i've only ever seen it play like once maybe i can pull it up i'll see if i can find it but it was for joining the army he taught is this guy he's in a barn and he's talking about how he's proud of his daughter being in the army and how she fought these things it said when those things came here it almost it like it was implying that a war took place on Earth and that we fought off aliens. I, I, and it was a real ad from the military. Well, if you I'm find that, we I, definitely need to post that I'm, on Facebook. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can right now. I, I'm gonna Maybe see if we can tweet it. I will I lead into my second question while I'm looking this up, though, which is 
do you think, or what are your feelings on not so much aliens coming from other dimensions? Because let's, I'm sorry, other galaxies. Because let's face it, why would they even come here in the first place? You know, and that's another topic. But like, what are the points and reasons of coming here? What do we have that's worth even looking at? Or do you feel perhaps that there's a chance that it's more interdimensional? Like they're coming here is not even quite on purpose. Like all these dimensions are taking place at once. And sometimes there's an instance where we slip over or something slips over into our dimension. Like, what are your feelings that way? Uh, I think I think that the latter point is possible. Um, I think it's the less likely of the two. Um, I I really think so. There's there's a couple possibilities of of why you might come to Earth. Um, this is gonna sound really morbid, but it is what it is. One possibility is food source. There's seven few... billion humans on this planet. That's a lot of food. They have been fattening us up over the yeah this they have been particular they century too. Make, um, oh, I almost said a name. Can't say that name. <laughs> <laughs> we love I you. I don't think there's. I don't think there's anything uh, against saying no, businesses. I don't names. think there is, and it's kind of our choice. I have free will. Yeah, free will. Yeah, you do. Um, do now, that. if you were like defaming them, that's another thing. Well, you just said fattening us up to be eaten, so I don't know if that that's uh, promoting. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's that option. There's also the option that uh, you know they just want to like improve the universe and by helping us if they were to come here and help us um you know technologically and all that kind of stuff they could be it could be beneficial to them as well to have another group out there that that you know we can help each other out um i don't know the food source is really kind of you know like uh what was the movie uh world at war it's not world at war War of the Worlds, that's what it was. Mm, yeah. Um, where, I mean, that's kind of the concept, especially the newer ones, is that they were kind of, they're here to kind of like consume humans as food, more or less. So, I don't know. I feel I, like it's highly plausible if, if if that, you know, I don't know why else you would really scour a galaxy, to, unless it's either to improve them, just for exploration because you're curious, or because you're looking for some sort of source you know whether that be food or fuel or yeah but i mean the biggest thing that we could offer to somebody would be a food source i agree but there's a whole other set of reasoning on this that says well and you're dealing with interdimensional stuff that the feelings and the emotions that we have in this dimension would be different in another dimension so perhaps that they're actually seeking an experience more than just physically taking something from us um, even though we would admit there has always been an obsession from human beings and it's weird with gold because gold kind of sucks. Like, the only thing it's good at and it's really valuable for is in space. It's a great conductor. And that is literally where it, it like shines not to be, you know, it's, it's literally where it's best is being used in space. That So that is possibly another connection you could say there. But I, I just want to real quick, I, I don't think the audio will be great on it, but I did find the ad I'm talking about. So this was a real U.S. Army ad. Okay? This is, so what I'm about to play, and I will post this video on our Facebook group, It it's this is a real thing. So I'm going to play it here and we'll see how the audio picks up. Now, right there, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt it. Okay, so right there, when he said he fought in the War of 96, he knows what those things are capable of. I'm going to show you the video. 
it literally shows. It does say aliens defeated. Holy crap! Like right in the like USA are, are News. We, are we one hundred percent positive this, this is, is a, a re- legitimate commercial? I I'm like ninety five percent sure. Obviously, we, we nothing's ever one hundred percent sure, but I, I'm like ninety five percent sure. It, I'm gonna let it play out the rest of the way. But literally, when he said that, I fought those things in the War of ninety six. What are you talking about? What? The only war that really took place in the '96 would be like what? I think the Desert Storm was already over, wasn't it? Maybe it was kind uh, of. I'm not. I'm not. There's no alien the fight that took place. Anyways, all right. So here we go. This planet. It says, "Be someone's hero. Join the ESD, Earth Space Defense." Now. This video is uh, from published on May twenty second, two thousand sixteen. Um, apparently, there's not too many other videos like this one because when you go on there, there's nothing else. So it like aired that one time, and a couple people managed to video it and get it on YouTube, and it's never really been talked about or seen since. And then everybody thought it was a joke, and then Trump was like, "Space Force." I, I don't know. I'd have to look into that video. To, Is that to weird though, right? Like, you post post it to Facebook, and, and we can we can research crap that, out of that and see if it's actually legitimate. Yeah. Um. But that probably about wraps it up. Yeah, we did not stay on point at all. We. Yeah, I did not. Especially your script. Yeah. You had written there. Oh my goodness. So okay. So crazy thing. If you, if you even listen this far, God bless your soul. Yeah. No if kidding. you. <laughs> You've listened this far. So I literally was like, I'm going to do super awesome. And I went and researched from like 9, I don't know, 8, 9 o'clock at night until 3 in the morning. Pulling links, pulling all this stuff together, putting it together. I put it in this email. It felt amazing. Like if you could imagine like just some It looked super- well done. I'll, uh, I'll give him that. <laughs> it looked well done. But then I was like, should be no problem. We'll cover this in like 20 minutes and just go from there. And then I was like, I should just read it for the fun of it. Literally reading as just about as fast as I could with no emotion, no pauses. It took nearly 30 minutes to just read. And it was the most boring thing I've ever had to read in my life, ever assembled. Like it, I can post it if you guys want. We can post the the thread, I guess you could say, that I made or created. Just for the links so that you can kind of see the timeline and how it worked out. And the links that we are going to post anyways that you can follow up on. But yeah, it was god awful. Plus, we, as we learned, we are not able to read off of Yeah, telephone. you're not able to... Do a script. No, no good on that one at all. All right. But, uh, again, we're going to go ahead and plug in those social media links. Yes, sir. Please follow us. If you Also, if you've listened this far, uh, please give us uh, your input on how we're doing, what we can do to improve, because um, that's really what we're, we're looking for, um, is, is ways that we can improve, what you want to hear, that kind of stuff. Obviously, it's kind of got to be related to what our whole hypothesis and that kind of stuff with yeah. this, this podcast We're is. We're anything, though. I will li- I, okay, so, like, you and I have talked about this before. When it's just you and I, or me and anybody else without a microphone or any of this in front of me, I will talk about anything for hours. Yeah. It's like we get it in here. It's definitely get- different speaking to a microphone. It sounds weird. I know, because you really and I are like, does. I'm staring in your eyes but- right now. <laughs> but it is it is weird, because, like, it you is know that it's going to be analyzed and, when and listened to. we video later, it's going to be, oh, it's oh, going to yeah. just start all over again. We are going to do that. We're, we're gonna, gonna have to look, get we're, we're gonna have to get more comfortable. We're gonna this. look back at these like if we make it. The, okay, so I never told anybody else this. Really, are you either? Supposedly, there is there is a death line out there. Like there's a death episode. There's an episode where podcasts die. I'm sure. Have you heard of this? 
No, but I mean, that's kind of like... Episode 7. For whatever reason, statistically, it's shown that they make Episode 7 and that's where things end, so... And they're just done, they don't post yeah. anymore. We can make it past 7. Yeah, I don't heck. care if people aren't listening, we're <laughs> gonna do more than 7. <laughs> so, we, we basically what I'm saying is when we get to Episode 4000, and we look we back... We ain't doing that many. I'm going all day. 4000, that's an awful lot of episodes. Yeah, I just threw a number out there. Big, we'll be dead by the time we reach that. Big number. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about the years that is. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we're doing those. We'd have to be doing multiple posts every, like, every single day. Oh, my God. Multiple posts. How many times am I going to put numbers and me trying to figure numbers out onto this show right now? This is sad. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. Anyways. All right. Yep, so follow us on Facebook at Bob, Twitter at Band of Beards Bro. Uh, there's also, if you're interested in doing your own podcast, we'll put an affiliate link down in to start uh, a Buzzsprout. If you go with a paid plan, it does help the channel out. After your second one, I believe you get a chance at, or you don't get a chance, but you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card. It does have to be a paid plan, though. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they start pretty low. I think yeah. you do, like... As you can little go as an hour. Oh, yeah. You're talking uh, about an hour. Because yeah. they, they give you a time frame of, of post every month. Mm-hmm. So you can do as little as an hour or probably as much as you like. Yeah. Um, it's pretty reasonable rates as well. It gets you on, on a lot of platforms. So if you're interested in starting your own, follow that link in the description. And uh, it does help the channel out. Yeah. If two guys like us can do it, you can do it. Yeah. You can do and it. And <laughs> obviously, there are other ways to support us. Uh, if you're... If you're uh, up for it, there's uh, Patreon. Um, we may add, I may add that to the description. I'm not sure. Yeah, we can add that. Yeah, link. Patreon, uh, PayPal. Um, those always obviously help us out. I believe I already have Patreon linked to the channel. It'll just be a little uh, like a heart symbol or something up yeah. in the right hand corner. I'll take you there, um, and then we'll post uh, PayPal in the description. For sure. I'm excited. Episode two in the books. <laughs> I'm excited. We're gonna listen back to this and cry. We're gonna be like, I'm yeah. gonna be in the fetal position if I make it all. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, again, we appreciate you guys listening this far, and uh, we appreciate your feedback. You have a wonderful day, and as always, stay curious out there.